but by switching and buying a new house, selling their current one, buying a new one, and taking some of what would have been a down payment and paying off that debt, they went from a 12% to a 7% and saved almost $800 a month. Wow. Yeah. And got a nicer house. Yeah. And that's Huge. what partnering with the right partner can do. When you decided to get your real estate license, just like most of us, you dreamt of freedom with your time and your money. But unfortunately, 87% of agents that get into the industry fail within the first couple years and they leave the business broke, embarrassed, and burnt out. We're here to give you guys the secrets that are used by the most successful real estate agents in the industry that will help you succeed and build a life that most can only dream about. Listen up, this is How to Real Estate. This is the How to Real Estate podcast with Kyle Lindsay and me, Jeremy Smith. Kyle, good morning, brother. Good morning, sir. How has your day been? Man, it is a great Saturday here in the DFW area. It is beautiful. I know you went on a walk this morning. Um, we, we've got a really good topic today. We're, we're going to talk about interest rates and, and what's going on with, um, what are they called? The LP? LLPAs. LLPAs. We're talking about LLPAs. But we really like to start off all of our engagements with some gratitude. So Kyle, what's been a big win that you've had this week? You know, a big win for me this week has been my consistency with my workouts. Um, I know we all struggle probably a little bit up and down with that, but consistency, even just a little bit a day. But honestly, it's been um, running. I've been doing, um, you know, some, some other workouts and just the consistency daily has led to a lot of success and energy this week. I felt great. Yeah, love that, man. It's so important. So my win actually is I finally got my truck repaired and the state inspection done. Like, oh man, the saga continues. <laughs> <laughs> man, it is, it's just, we get so busy, you know, in real estate, you're, you're, you got a billion things to do because you're the business owner and, and you wear all the hats and it just gets so busy. And for me, just getting that, getting the little things knocked out and out of the way takes so much weight off of me on a daily basis. And mm. so that was something that had been lingering and, and it's, like you said, the side continues is always something, right? And now my AC is not heating right or cooling right. So oh, of course. that's another thing. But yeah, getting that, um, getting the truck repaired and getting the state inspection done was a huge win this week. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, we've seen this stuff in the news. Like we've heard a lot about um, what is going on here and the story that's being painted. And, and, and you know a lot more about this than I do. So I'm going to really lean on you heavily for this information what we're being told is that if you have a good credit score and well, what we're being told is if you have a good credit score, you're going to get penalized. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you have mm -hmm. a lower credit score and maybe you barely qualify that you're going to be benefited, you're going to be subsidized by the folks with the higher credit score. So if you got a 740, you're going to pay a higher rate just because you have a good credit score. But if you have a lower credit score, you're, you'll pay a lower rate. And that's due to the folks with the higher credit scores helping you out. That's what we're being told. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's freaking unfair, man. That is that would be unfair if it were true. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what I and when I first saw these headlines, I was like, what in the world? Like we've worked so hard all these years because we're like, hey, we're told have a good credit score. If you have a good credit score, your rate will be better. You'll qualify mm -hmm. for more. You'll get the better programs. And so we really fight hard to make sure that we we have good credit. And now we're getting told that we're going to be punished punish for that. Mm. And uh, man, I tell you, when I first saw it, I, I was not happy. 
honestly, my first reaction was to go out and blow my credit score up. Like, you know, go charge <laughs> up a paying. bunch of, uh, yeah, just stop paying, <laughs> stop go, paying go charge a bunch of, uh, department store cards up. Like about time to go max out that home Depot card and finally right. get some of those honeydews done. Like, yes. And just, just blow it up. But obviously, um, I didn't do that and I don't recommend doing that. That is not financial advice for you guys. No, no um, don't do that. Don't do that because these stories that were being told are untrue. Okay. Um, there's a lot of confusion and misinformation around this topic. So um, I think it's a fantastic one to help clear up, hopefully get people a little less angry at the government. Not that that will ever go away completely because it's the government. Right. Um, but just to understand what really happened with the mortgage LLPAs and what those even are, because honestly, they're boring. And so we don't normally even talk about them until they pop up like this and all of a sudden they're the villain. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had a, a good meeting with the a loan officer a couple of weeks ago, and she was really educating us about this. And I was surprised to know that this is something that's been there like all the time. Well, yeah, yeah. So the LLPAs are not new. They've been around for a very long time. They do get updated ever so often. And, you know, this current one has just been a little bit more in the news than most. Right. Uh, and because there were some significant changes made, but not the changes that the changes that were made are not being construed truthfully. And that's the big problem. Um, in fact, some of these changes have been in effect since February of this year, I believe, maybe late February, early March. I can't remember the exact date, um, but where they're just now coming to light um, here in May, you know April and May, um, due to the fact that uh, you know personal opinion here, Fox News is pushing these pretty hard out there, and they're the main purveyors of this story. I think to take attention away from the fact that they're about to pay Dominion about a billion dollars in settlement fees. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that could be it, man. That could be it. So as, as real estate agents, I know I catch a lot of real estate agents talking about things they probably shouldn't be to their clients, right? Mm -hmm. Giving advice and, and just not staying in their lane, right? So how can we help real estate agents to be in the right mind frame, mindset with mm -hmm. this and, and really do a good job? So first of all, what are they? What are the LLPAs? Man, that's such a good point. Yeah. So um, we want to give you the information that will help you clear up maybe some, some misconceptions with your clients, but then always direct them back to the, the proper mortgage professional on these. Right. But to answer your question, LLPAs stand for Loan Level Pricing Adjustments. Okay. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll put a link to some some uh, images and some stuff here in, the, in the, the show notes here so you can look at these things in particular. But if you went right now to Google and typed in Fannie Mae LLPA, one of the very first links that pop up should take you to the very current loan level pricing adjustments. You'll see this grid. And what this does is you see on the left-hand side your credit score. And then across the top is your down payment percentage. And then you, you find where those two meet. And that is the adjustment that is made to your loan. Now, here's where the big misconception is happening, I believe. Um, everything I'm reading makes it seem like these are reductions um, to your rate. And if that were true, the lower credit scores would be getting a better deal than the higher credit scores. But they're not reductions. They are additions to, to the standard rate. So what you look at is you look at the prime rate for mortgages. It's not the same thing as the Fed's prime rate. Um, because we like to make things super confusing in the lending and money industry here yes, in the, here in the do. U.S. So anyway, there's a prime rate for mortgages, and these adjustments are added on top of that. Okay. And so when you really dig into this and you look at the, we'll say, um, a certain down payment percentage, let's just look at the 20% down payment percentage. You, as you go down that column, 
as your credit score gets worse, your adjustment gets higher consistently. Okay. There is never a case on this on this graph or this chart where you see a lower credit score get a better adjustment than a higher credit score. So your your higher your credit score, you are still getting the best deals. So all of you that worked super hard to get your uh, your credit to where it is and a higher credit score, congratulations, you are still getting a better deal than the people with the lower credit scores. Love it. So so what I would like to do if we can is just kind of paint a picture. Like these numbers don't have to be exact, right? right? But the e matter of fact, the easier, the better. But let's paint a picture. Let's say somebody's got 800 credit score, mm -hmm. right? And they're going to get a loan and they're going to have 20% down. Mm-hmm. So we know that there's a base rate, right? There's a right. base rate that everybody, and, and everybody qualifies for that. Well, let's just say that that is 4%, mm -hmm. right? Let's say the base rate is 4%, everybody gets 4%, and then their end rate is affected by all these other factors. So 800 credit score, 20% down, 4% base rate, and they were going to add on to that 1% Okay. for this LPA, right? right? 1%. So now let's go to the other extreme and somebody who just barely qualifies. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what that, let's say it's 580, right? They got a 580 credit score. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there would be, they'd have that 4% base rate. And then instead of the 1% that the eight that the 800 credit score person would get, they're going to get two and a half, two and two percent or two and a half percent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sound about right? Like not the rates. Like I know the rates aren't right. I'm just making this up in my mind. You know, you're, you're, you're pretty close, but yeah, definitely. So if you were to look at, um, I'm looking at the chart right now. And if you, if you have a 20% down payment, you know, let's even go, um, lower than that. let's say, um, because you know, 20% is used a lot, but you know, most of us as agents know that you can qualify with as little as 5% down three and a half percent of you use FHA, but the chart I'm looking at is for conventional. So 5%, um, if you have a 780 or higher, you pay a 0.125% adjustment to your rate. So you're okay. going to pay the base rates for you're paying 4.125. Got it. So as you go down, let's say your credit score was 639 or below, you're going to pay a 1.75% adjustment. So that's oh, wow. a, that is a 5.75% versus your 4.125. So that's, that's literally a, a, a point and a half more yeah. that you're paying per month for the lower credit score, which is a huge difference in your monthly payment. Right. Yes. yes. Okay, so you're not getting a better deal nope. if you have lower credit score. So what, what's all the fuss about, man? Why, <laughs> what is going on? Because I know there's something with like variations or the differences got smaller or mm -hmm. something like that. Like the gap got shorter or something. Like, tell me more about that. Yeah, so this is where I think a lot of the uh, the confusion and the misconceptions are, is that yes, so the. Interest rates for the higher credit scores did get worse. Okay. So the adjustments did get a little higher. And this is, I think, what is being really misconstrued here is that people think, well, that well, that's exactly what we're saying. They raise the credit rates on the 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 rich or the better credit score people so that they can subsidize the lowers. Well, that it just when you look at it, um, some of the rates got better for the people with lower credit scores, some of the adjustments, and some got worse for the higher credit scores. But that was not the intent was to subsidize anything. It was really just all risk-based with the current level of, of, of uh, interest rates in America. And we all know that interest rates doubled last year. Right. Yeah. And because of that, certain um, initiatives are in place to help lower credit score people get into their homes. Because when I just gave that last example, 
a difference of one and a half percent to your mortgage is huge. We saw that last year. Yes. Well, could you imagine if that difference was actually closer to two percent or two and a half? Mm. The house would be unaffordable right. for someone with a lower credit score. Yeah. And we know that the we know that owning a home is the best possible way to build wealth in America. Yes. It is the basis of all wealth. I would tell you is is owning property. Right. Um, all of your rich have some sort of real estate portfolio. Um, you know, so anyway, the government is trying to make it easier for those people to get into homes. It's not, it's not a subsidy. They're not taking money from one and giving to the other, but they did want to lower rates for some. And then they, to help balance a little bit out, they did raise the rates a little bit. And I don't mean balance in a way. Again, it's not a subsidy. I can't stress that enough. They're not taking money from one area and giving back to the other. Um, but the rates did, did change a little bit. Um, and this is, I think where most people are getting confused is, is, you know, and honestly, when we spoke to our, one of our preferred lenders about this other week, they don't really know why they made some of these changes. Right. Um, and it, it doesn't make a lot of sense in certain ways, because when you look at it right now, if you look at the LLPA chart, it is actually better to either put a very small down payment down or a very high down payment. The in-betweens are the, what's getting punished the most. Mm. And that's the really weird part about this chart is that your 20% down payment gets a worse rate than your um, than your 5% down payment. It's crazy. It is a little crazy. Yeah. It yeah. didn't used to be that way. It used to be a very logical, the more you put down, the better rate you got and blah, blah, blah. Well, now it's, you know, your 20 and 25% down payments are paying 0.2% more than your 5% down payments. And that's that's something that's almost hard to accept because we've always been told, hey, Put down twenty percent, twenty percent. You avoid PMI, right? You you get you get a better rate. Like there's just mm-hmm. nothing but good came out of it, mm-hmm. right? And then now, it's not that way, you know. Well, some things still there. Like you probably won't have PMI, you know. Right. Put twenty percent down, um, but your rate's going to be higher mm-hmm. than if you did five percent, which is which is, I guess there's a reason for it, right? And we just don't understand <laughs> right. that reason. So um, it's just even more reason. Why you guys that are real estate agents, as as you're listening to this and you're dealing with this in your business, this is just even more reason for you guys to be partnered with a mortgage strategist, right? There's a just like there's a lot of real estate agents out there that are just in the game. There's also a lot of mortgage loan officers that are there too, right? They're just occupying the space. They're trying something out. They're they're not really super committed to being the best at it. So the best thing that you can do is find somebody who understands stuff like this, right? And can be able to educate the client. Because when you refer a buyer to a lender, that lender is an an extension of you in your business. And we have seen so many deals fall through at the last minute because of lenders. And And not just that, I mean, that's worst case scenario, but also there's a lot of times where the client could have been much better off, even though they did close, Mm-hmm. they could have been in a much better financial position if they had somebody advocating for them that was a strategist and would look at the big picture, mm-hmm. take into consideration the funds that the buyer has, where they should allocate those funds to. It, it Should it go to the mortgage? Should it go to paying off debt, credit card debt, cars, mm-hmm. other loans? Like it, It's got to be an all-inclusive strategy. You know, It can't 100%. just be... Here's your down payment. Here's your interest rate. Here's your loan. Okay, on to the next. Right. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, you know, 
if you guys take nothing away <laughs> from this podcast today, which is episode number one, um, if you guys take nothing away from this, please take away from please take away some advice that you have to partner with somebody who's really good, not just somebody you really like. There's a lot of nice people that are average, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of really nice loan officers. And of course, they're going to be nice to you because they want your business. They're right? salespeople. Right. Yeah. They're salespeople, but they also need to be business savvy. They also need to be number savvy and be able to walk your clients through all of the options and give them such sound guidance that they can make a really good decision. Because I tell you what, when we get clients that go through this process that we're telling people to do, and we get to the closing table, they're in a much better financial position than they mm-hmm. were prior. And they had a great experience with us and with our referred lending lending partner, which just solidifies the, the chances of us getting repeat business and referrals from them. Well, a hundred percent, man. And there, there's so much there. I mean, we could stop right there. And that's a, I mean, go back, listen to that, replay it. Um, that was some fantastic information. Um, but just to hit a few of those points, even further home, um, when, you know, we, when we partner with these strategists, if you go back to what I was just saying about the tables and the down payments, a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to pay PMI. That's another hundred dollars a month. Well, what if they have 600, 800, $1,200 a month in credit card debt? Exactly. Like what if they could have saved 5% of their down payment, which, you know, depending on the size of the house, the price could have been 5,000 or $10,000 and paid off their credit card debt and their net payment, like their total Debt payment for the whole household was now reduced four to five hundred dollars a month, right. versus just focusing on that one part PMI. Which, yeah, you saved a hundred dollars, but that's stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Right. You know, so having that person who can look at all the whole finance, uh, all the whole household finances, like you said, a mortgage strategist, yeah, is so critical, and it does put so many so many people in debt. And to to really illustrate this is we just recently had a client that was on the fence, and I know. A lot of you listening probably have clients on the fence right now, and their big their big objection was, well, we have a 3% mortgage right now. Why would we switch to a 6% mortgage? Well, our mortgage strategist was able to sit down with them and explain to them like, well, hey, when we take your car payments and your credit card payments and your current mortgage all into play here, you have an effective debt rate of almost 12%. Wow. Right. Damn. And no one, like, who does that? Who <laughs> right. actually looks at the whole debt rate, right? Yeah. Your, your total interest rate for all of it was close to 12%. Wow. But by switching and buying a new house, selling their current one, buying a new one, and taking some of what would have been a down payment and paying off that debt, they went from a 12% to a 7% and saved almost $800 a month. Wow. Yeah. And got a nicer house. Yeah. And that's Huge. what partnering with the right partner can do versus, like you said, someone who's just going to whip out a prequal, give you a price and a down payment percentage and walk away until it's time to hopefully get the deal closed and not surprise yeah. you at the last minute with an underwriting issue. Uh, absolutely. And, and to be fair, guys, if, if you're a loan officer listening to this, I, I do want to be fair to you guys because not all of this is every loan officer's fault. Yes. Right. So you may be at a company that doesn't have programs or not has, has not trained you appropriately, or maybe you just don't have the right amount of experience to be able to give this sort of guidance, but you, you better go get it. You better go get it yeah. and seek it out because if not, then you're selling yourself short too, mm-hmm. right? Because you can be doing a lot more business. You can qualify a lot more loans. You can get a lot more people to the closing table by being a strategist, mm-hmm. right? And, and helping people overall. What would uh, 
I know we started talking about one topic and we're kind of still on the topic, but mm-hmm. what would be your advice to a real estate agent who is worried about this topic mm-hmm. and concerned or they've got clients concerned? Like what's the best thing they can do? So the first thing I would recommend doing is educate yourself. You know, don't just take my word for it. Look it up. Go to Mortgage News Daily. Um, I think there was a great article on Housing Wire that talked about this. Educate yourself so you can dispel the myths. But don't don't just dispel the myths in a, in a contrary way. Don't be argumentative like, oh, well, you're wrong because of blah, blah, blah. Ask them why that's important to them. Ask them what, what is getting to the root of their, their fear. Like really kind of find out what's going on with them. That's step one. Step two is is kind of helping exp- is step two is explaining what the LLPAs really are and what they really need to know about them, which to be honest is almost nothing. Um, and then recommending, like we talked about, talk to your preferred loan partner, whoever that is, and let them get pre-qualified and show them what they actually qualify for. Right. I think the biggest thing is people don't take the first step because of fear. Mm. And if we can give them some nice, helpful nudges. To take that first step, normally the action will dispel the fear. Right. Once they actually get the truth of the situation and find out, oh, we do have good credit and we do qualify for what we thought we would, and this looks like a good deal for us. Right. Yeah. No, that's great advice. And and I want to add to that too. If <clears throat> real estate agents were running businesses, right? So to be responsible in our business, we have to know what our finances are. Yes. All right. We can, where are we spending money? Where can we save money? What what can we invest in that's going to make our business more money? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, we're here to help people, but we're also here to make money. Like nobody's doing this thing for free. So we have to encourage our clients to have that same mindset when it comes to their household. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why, again, going back to the mortgage strategist, it's important that they talk to a mortgage strategist because you can think of a mortgage strategist like your bean counter. Right. These are the people that like if you think about any big business and they always say, Oh, the bean counters, you know, you hear that <laughs> the term. Well, those are the people that are making sure that the numbers make sense mm-hmm. from all angles. Right. So let the mortgage strategist be your, your client's bean counter, mm-hmm. right. Give value to your clients and hooking them up with the bean counter. That's going to maximize every single dollar that they have through this process and put them in a better position at closing. I love that because it's, it's almost like we're telling people that you don't need to have all the answers Yeah, and it is 100% okay. And honestly, it makes you look better when you have partners that are experts in their field too. Um, I think a lot of agents feel like if they don't have the answers, it makes them look weak or like they're not good at their job. Right. But I think what some agents that may be struggling with this need to hear is that you look stronger and more knowledgeable when you can refer someone to the partner who actually does have the expertise, and the answers. Absolutely, and and just to beat the dead horse a little bit more, <laughs> um, and we could probably wrap up with this one. But there's a there's a great book out there called Think and Grow Rich. So in this book, they reference uh, Henry Ford, and there is a story about Henry Ford having like some form of the the telephone, right? But it was just this device where he could push a button and it would link him to other people and they mm-hmm. could talk. Like, and now we have that. Like <laughs> back then it was revolutionary. So um, they were like, hey, he was getting quizzed and like, hey, ask him all these questions about things that he didn't know. And, they're, and then they chastise him. They're like, hey, well, you should know this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And his response is, well, why would I commit any of that to memory when I could just push a button and and be connected with somebody who knows that and that's their thing. Right. And that's the same thing that we're doing, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, don't worry about trying to know all that stuff. Like, you don't need to commit it to memory. You don't need to spend a whole bunch of time memorizing it. But what you do need to do is partner with somebody who has committed the time, is knowledgeable about it, and plug them in when the time is right. Not everybody can be the quarterback, right? right? Not everybody can be the wide receiver. Know your role, stay in your lane, play your part but develop a solid team around you that's going to be able to support you, support your clients and make you look good. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Love it, man. Well, thank you for all of that wisdom on this topic, man. I think that uh, people are going to really benefit from that. So, No, no, that was a great episode, Jeremy. Thank you um, for leading the discussion on this one. Thanks for listening to the How To Real Estate Podcast. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review. That really would help us out. And we'd also love to answer any additional questions you might have. So please leave a comment or you can find our contact information in the show notes and description. I want you guys to have a fantastic day. Peace.